I've thought of you often. I honestly have. Over the years, I've gotten to know some of you folks well. I've read your letters, shaken your hands, and watched your eyes. I think I know you. You're busy. Time passes before your tasks are finished. And if you get a chance to read, it's a slim chance indeed. You're anxious. Bad news outpaces the good. Problems outnumber solutions. And you are concerned. What future do your children have on this earth? What future do you have? You're cautious. You don't trust as easily as you once did. Politicians lied. The system failed. The minister compromised. Your spouse cheated. It's not easy to trust. It's not that you don't want to. It's just that you want to be careful. There is one other thing. You've made some mistakes. I met one of you at a bookstore in Michigan. A businessman, you seldom came out of your office at all, and never to meet an author. But then you did. You were regretting the many hours at work and the few hours at home and wanted to talk. And the single mom in Chicago. One kid was tugging, the other crying, but juggling them both, you made your point. I made mistakes, you explained, but I really want to try again. And there was that night in Fresno. The musicians sang, and I spoke, and you came. You almost didn't. You almost stayed home. Just that day, you'd found the note from your wife. She was leaving you. But you came anyway, hoping I'd have something for the pain, hoping I'd have an answer. Where is God at a time like this? And so, as I wrote, I thought about you, all of you. You aren't malicious. You aren't evil. You aren't hard-hearted, hard-headed occasionally, but not hard-hearted. You really want to do what is right, but sometimes... Life turns south. Occasionally, we need a reminder. Not a sermon. A reminder. A reminder that God knows your name. Many chapters auditioned for this book, but not all were selected. After all, not just any chapter would do. Brevity was required, for you are busy. Hope was needed, for you are anxious. Loyalty to Scripture was a mandate, for you are cautious. I sought to give you a repertoire of chapters that recite well the lyrics of grace and sing well the melody of joy. For you are the guest of the maestro, and he is preparing a concert you'll never forget. Part 1. The Song of the Minstrel My wife loves antiques. I don't. I find them a bit old. But because I love my wife, I occasionally find myself guiding three children through an antique store while Denilin shops. Such is the price of love. The secret to survival in a shop of relics is to find a chair and an old book and settle down for the long haul. That's what I did yesterday. After cautioning the kids to look with their eyes and not with their hands, I sat down in an overstuffed rocker with some life magazines from the fifties. That's when I heard the music. Piano music. Beautiful music. Vintage Rodgers and Hammerstein. 
the hills were alive with the sound of someone's skill at the keyboard. I turned to see who was playing, but couldn't see anyone. I stood and walked closer. A small group of listeners had gathered at the old upright piano. Between the furniture, I could see the small back of the pianist. Why, it's only a child. With a few more steps, I could see her hair. Short, blonde, and cute like... My heart, it's Andrea! Our seven-year-old was at the piano, her hands racing up and down the keyboard. I was stunned. What gift of heaven is this that she can play in such a way? Must be a time-released gene she got from my side of the family. But as I drew closer, I saw the real reason. Andrea was playing a player piano. She wasn't making the music. She was following it. She wasn't commanding...